Well, here we are once again at the kitchen table. Thank you for joining me. I'm Arctic Eric, and this is the podcast Fika with Arctic Eric. Fika, freedom in Christ always. Okay, we're going to continue here. This is part nine of the series uh, I've been doing here with you at the kitchen table on deliverance. And uh, I do hope that you will take the time to listen to the eight parts before this one because they are kind of woven together. We're taking it progressively. We looked in the beginning at what we call the initial stages or the initial event or the initial happening in deliverance, and that is when someone is born again, they are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the dear Son. And then we talked about the fact that there is a progressive deliverance process in our lives, also called sanctification. And now we're moving into the final portions, and that has to do with power encounters. And we're going to begin looking at power encounters in the Gospel of Mark. Then we will look at power encounters in the book of Acts. And then we will look at a third part of power encounters, and that is in the epistles. So here we go, looking at power encounters in the Gospel of Mark. Let's begin here with Mark chapter 1. In verses 21 to 28 we read, Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he, that's Jesus, entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as scribes one having authority. He understood that God in him would be doing the works. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that power of God, and that he, Christ, had authority because of the Father with him and in him. Not as the scribes. They were trusting in other things. Okay, now in verse 23, Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, Leave us alone, let us alone. What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So we can see her that there are spirits, and in this case, it's an unclean spirit. And we can see that the spirit, in fact, spoke through this man in the synagogue. And this spirit understood who Jesus of Nazareth is and poses a question to him. But it's interesting that when demons speak, it's not that we reply or respond or answer to them. No, Jesus, in verse 25, simply rebukes him saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him, there was a physical manifestation as this unclean spirit departed his home. He was living in this man in the synagogue. And as this happened, the spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. And they were all amazed, all who watched and listened and saw this power event began to question among themselves, saying, What is this? 
What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region of Galilee. Okay, this was a power encounter. We can see that Jesus didn't pray the Spirit out. No, he commanded it. And they were amazed that he was able to command unclean spirits. Marvelous, isn't it, that this man with an unclean spirit was set free. Okay, let's move on into Mark, uh, further down in Mark chapter 1, verse 32 to 34. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought him to him all who were sick and those who were demonized. We've talked before about why we use the word demonized rather than demon-possessed. The demon does not own the person, and possession can have that connotation attached to it, and the right word is demonized. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he, Jesus, healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. You know, Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And it is his dire desire to set people free from various diseases and sicknesses, and of course, those who are demonized. He is the one we follow. He is the teacher, and he, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is the doer of the miracles. Okay, let's continue in Mark chapter 9. There is a demonized son who is set free, beginning here at verse 14. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? Then one in the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. We can see here that uh, there are unclean spirits, there are convulsing spirits, uh, there is the spirit of fear, there's deaf and dumb spirits, and in this case, it is a mute spirit. Whenever it seizes him, whenever this mute spirit seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, he becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Now we can see here that demons, demonized persons, can have physical malady from this demon. This demon was able to throw him down. He was foaming at the mouth as a result. He was gnashing his teeth. He became rigid. And the disciples were unable to cast it out. So Jesus answers him and says, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately, look at that, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, notice he didn't talk to the spirit, he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. 
it has been my experience that in many cases, demonization occurs in childhood. Not always, but it is often. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. You know, the enemy has come to destroy. But Jesus has come to give us life and life in abundance. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, Jesus responds to his word, if, if you can believe, if you will believe, if you dare to believe, all things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, This kind can only come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Let's, let's uh, focus on this last bit for a uh, uh, last half here. First of all, of course, it is about faith. Faith in Jesus that he will do. Not just that he can do, but that he will do what he says he will do. And he says he will set captives free. Let's also realize that at the very end here, Jesus says that this kind only come out by prayer and fasting. You see, the disciples themselves needed to separate themselves unto God, the God who has the power, the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit, the God who was with Jesus, the God who has power to deliver. And they needed time to be away with God in prayer, listening to him and hearing from him and understanding from him what he wanted to do. And the fasting was not just the idea of separating them from eating or from any other thing, but it was a fast unto the Lord. It's like repentance. We turn our back on other things to keep our eyes and get our focus back on God and on his son, Jesus Christ. And as you move into power encounters, it is necessary that we have a prayerful attitude, that is to be discerning and listening to the Spirit, and that we're fasting, that we're not focusing on ourselves, but we're focusing upon God. All right, let's continue here now in Mark chapter 5. This is a very, very well-known story by all of you who are trusting Jesus. This is where the uh, demons are cast into the pigs or into the swine. Let's begin here at verse 1, Mark chapter 5. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gardasenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit 
who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, day and night, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. That's verses 1 through 5. Immediately, there met Jesus. This man met Jesus coming out of the tombs. Look at the power manifestation of the demons themselves. We read in verse 6, When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. Now this verse 6 is so important to understand that someone can be demonized. Someone may have given themselves over to the powers of darkness in any particular area. But the human free will is still there. It says, when he, this man who was so tormented, so under the control of these demons, this demonized man, he saw Jesus, he saw that Jesus, he understood that Jesus was his hope, he ran to Jesus, they couldn't hinder him from coming to Jesus, and this man worshipped him. Isn't that amazing? Then the spirits cried out with a loud voice, saying, what have I to do with you, Jesus? I implore you by God, don't torment me. You see, the man, this man saw Jesus, and people need to see Jesus. They need to see that he is the one who sets them free, eternally free. And then, of course, this demon, this many demons, it turns out, again took control over him and began to speak. Listen, demons will speak in the deliverance process. But again, Jesus doesn't speak with them. Jesus simply says, come out of him, unclean spirit. And what is your name? He doesn't converse with them. He only asks a question. He answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country, out of that region, out of that area. Why? Because that spirit and other familiar spirits were familiar with that region, with that area. It was like a home base for them. We're going to see more about that in a minute. Now a large herd of swine was feeding near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about two thousand, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. We see two things here that are very, very important. First of all, the swine don't want to be cast into outer darkness. No, they want to live in something. Obviously, they're going to choose a human when possible, but if not, they saw the opportunity. There were swine nearby, and they wanted to be in something living, something that was a part of God's creation, and then they did what their ultimate goal is. They killed all these swine. Listen, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give people not only a new life, but an abundant over flowing life that includes freedom from unclean spirits, from demon spirits. So those who fed the swine fled. 
and they told it in the city and country, and they went out to see what had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demonized, and the legion sitting who had been demonized and had the legion. He was sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Isn't that amazing? A miracle has happened. They see someone that they recognize acting completely normal. He's sitting. He's not running around the tombs and cutting himself. He's clothed, and he's in his right mind. Glory be to God forever. But they were afraid. We're going to look at why. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demonized and about the swine. And they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Okay, what's going on here? Well, first of all, the swine didn't want to go into outer darkness. They, they wanted to go into the swine. They wanted to remain in that geographical area or in that region. And the people there had been under the influence of the Spirit over that region, and they were afraid. That's what was going on, and that's why they said, hey, get out of here. Leave our region. That was the influence that was going on in the minds of those who were living there. How is it? What is God's plan to remove that fear and to embrace Christ in someone's home or region or area or city? It's when the gospel of Jesus Christ is proclaimed. It isn't when we take time talking to powers and principalities. No, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, unto healing, unto deliverance for all who will believe. We, we know that when God's kingdom come, comes, and it's now and here, in and among those who believe, when his kingdom comes, it comes in power and manifestation here on earth in the lives of human beings. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demonized begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and marveled. You know, it's so important that when we have any kind of encounter with God that we're immediately prepared to share with others the great things the Lord has done for us. That's the power of testimony. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit comes upon the people and they begin to proclaim the great and mighty and majestic works of God. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit desires to do, is to awaken you to the great things God is doing in your life, and that he might, with, with the Holy Spirit, encourage you and equip you and motivate you to share his greatness and his goodness with others, that he, in fact, has had compassion upon you. Isn't that tremendous? Oh, my, my, my. Well, that's it for part number nine, looking at power encounters in the Gospel of Mark in the Deliverance series. Thanks again for being here with me at the kitchen table. And I want to pray for you right now, the prayer that, that is so real for me as I pray it for you, that God's good, perfect, and acceptable will be done for you in you,
and through you today. God bless you. Good day.